Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Truth Family, your place to come to know about love, relationships, kids, marriage, engagement, pretty much everything you want to know about life and family. And today we have a guest on our show who is going to be talking about surprises in life, difficulties in family, and things that you didn't plan on and how to deal with her, them. Her name is Colleen Keefe Fall, and she is the author of God's Precious Gift. She's a wife, she's a mother of two toddlers, and she has used uh, this experience of her daughter's diagnosis to bring light and consolation to many other uh, special needs families. And so I want to welcome to the show, Colleen, and thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Brian. It's great to be here. I'm excited to be here. This is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, people out there watching, have you ever had just a time in life where you had this hand dealt to you that you were not expecting? You had this situation that you were not uh, wanting. <laughs> I mean, there are many times in life where we are given something that we don't want. We are given circumstances that we were not prepared for, that we were ill-prepared for, and that really just came upon us. Some people, like my wife and I, had a uh, a good inclination that we may have a special needs baby, maybe a baby with Down syndrome or something worse, perhaps that could die out of the womb. So we had nine months to prepare for mm -hmm. it, but there are some people who just aren't ready for it. They didn't expect it. And then all of a sudden their baby's born and on the day their baby's born, boom, they know something's off and it changes their whole life. Or their baby is good for months. And after a couple of months, they realize, uh oh, something's not right here. And things start escapating and spiraling downward one thing after another, after another. And then you realize that you have a full on problem that you weren't expecting. And so that's kind of this where we pick up here with uh, Colleen. And Colleen, I want to talk about your story because I think a lot of people can relate to it. I think a lot of people can relate to how do you deal with these difficulties in life, you know, and how do you deal with these things that life throws at us. Is it difficult at first? Yes. Does it, I mean, different people take it different ways, but let's start with you. I mean, could you tell us a little bit about your situation? I know you had one kid, then you had another born, you thought just like everyone else, and then things started to happen. Can you walk us kind of through that? Sure. Yeah, no, I, um, so we, my husband and I, we had, we had already had a little boy who was eight months old when I got pregnant the second time for my daughter. And we had been practicing natural family planning and that worked perfectly for us for my son, Sammy, to be born. But then after having a nine month hiatus from natural family planning and my body taking a little while to become regular again. Um, we got pregnant unexpectedly with my daughter and, um, which we were very excited about. We were happy about to just that we were happy that our family was growing. And as far as we knew, I had a perfectly healthy pregnancy. Um, and when my daughter was born again, as far as we knew, I had a perfectly healthy baby, uh, handed to me whenever, whenever she was born, they put her on my chest. And as far as I, cared to anyone else in the world. She was perfect. It was wonderful. We named her Grace. And I had been waiting. I had been waiting since literally since I was 14 to be able to name a little girl Grace. So I was so excited. Um, and we brought her home and, and we, we thought that she was healthy. We know what none of the doctors had given any indications that she might have anything abnormal about her health wise. Um, but as she started reaching, I guess, age, uh, three months or so, we started noticing that her eyes weren't really developing. She wasn't really tracking things, uh, like, uh, she wasn't reaching normal eyesight milestones that an infant would at that age. And that didn't concern me too much because just my family's got tons of eye problems uh, in it. My mom has a lazy eye. I wear contacts. My husband wears glasses. Um, and all the women on my husband's side of the family have one eye issue or another. So that actually didn't concern me too much that her eyes weren't um, 
developing normally because I figured worst case scenario, when she gets older, she'll have to wear glasses. I wore glasses when I was a little kid. I got them when I was five years old. It's kind of just, it was just is what it is. I honestly hadn't really been too um, concerned about it. Although, I mean, I was concerned. It, it didn't bother me that she might have to wear glasses one day. But I did take her to an ophthalmologist, pediatric ophthalmologist, and he said that her eyes were just slow to mature. And that was when she was three months old. And another month went by and her eyes didn't seem to be making any progress. And not only that, but she wasn't reaching a lot of other milestones that were not necessarily, I couldn't tie specifically to eyesight. Like at first it was like, she wasn't reach, she wasn't reaching for things. Oh, it's probably because she can't see them. But now she's not rolling over. She's not smiling. She's not, there's other things that she should be doing at this point that that's a little bit more concerning to me. So I talked to her pediatrician and I said, can we go and have her seen by a neurologist just to rule out anything else that's going on. And her pediatrician, um, she didn't, she wasn't really too concerned, but she humored me and she said, sure, we'll refer you to a neurologist. And, but here's what I'm going to do. The neurologist department here at this hospital is very backed up. So you've actually got a better chance of being seen sooner at this other hospital that is an hour away. I said, okay, that's fine. So refer us there. And, um, over the next month, over the next month, this other hospital kept on giving me the runaround. This thing wasn't filed correctly. This insurance claimed something or the other to where a month had gone by. And at this other hospital, we still didn't even have an appointment set. Wow. And I was getting, I kept on calling every couple of days trying to get an appointment for her to be seen and nothing and and still no appointment was set. And I kept on getting, getting more and more frustrated. Um, and in the meantime, my daughter, Grace, was still not developing. She was not, um, she had actually started regressing and started not being able to reach certain milestones that she had before. So I was getting a little bit more concerned. Um, and then one day she started doing these arm motions that, um, where her arms would start, you know, at her sides like normal, and then they would shoot up above her head. Both of them at the same time would shoot up above her head. And if you looked at her, like directly after, she would like have this shocked look on her face. And then she'd actually start like whining and crying. And like you could tell the movement had surprised her. She hadn't done that on purpose. And then she'd do it again, like 10 seconds later. And she kept on doing this over and over and over again. And I looked at her and I was just like, I don't know what this is, but this doesn't feel right. And I don't know why she's doing this. And she started crying more and more in a cry that I recognized as not her normal cry. She was very upset about what was going on. And I showed it to my husband and he didn't really seem too concerned about it. He was like, oh, it's probably nothing. But then I took her next door and my my parents happened to live next door to us. So I took her next door and showed my mom what was going on. Uh, and she took one look at her and was like, this is not normal. A little girl is not supposed to be doing this. Something's very wrong. And it was, I think I just needed that one other person to kind of agree with me that something was off. And so I grabbed, I grabbed my daughter. I grabbed my husband. I said, we're going to the ER right now. And so we drove to the emergency room and I, we, we were there for like five hours oh my gosh. and the people in them, the people in the emergency room, they, we showed them a video of her doing her arms cause she'd stopped doing it. She'd fallen asleep. And then, um, we'd showed her a video and they heard her cry. They heard her crying of, and it was, I knew her to have a very different cry than this. To me, this was an in pain cry. And so they took blood work and they did a chest x-ray and they didn't find anything. And they said, she's just being fussy, go home. And they actually wow. discharged us. And on the, on the discharge papers, they said the baby's being fussy. Like they called her fussy on the, on the discharge papers. And they told us to go home. Now, really? they think <laughs> yeah. that's completely normal. They, they 
didn't find anything through the blood panel and the and the test and the x-ray so they were like well we can't find anything at no point while we were in the er did anyone suggest doing an eeg or even exploring a neurological uh avenue at all um so but at the same time at this point it was like 11 o'clock at night and my daughter was finally quiet and asleep and I was tired. My husband was tired. And I think at that point when they said she's being fussy, she's fine. Go home. Don't worry. I think I wanted to believe that that was true at that moment. I think I wanted to, like they told me that it was okay. And I wanted to believe that that was, that that was the case because I, I wanted to be wrong. So I took her home. They, we, we took her home and slept the rest of the night. And the next morning, she seems to be okay. She seems to be her normal self. And so I start getting on my phone. I start chatting up, uh, texting with some girlfriends of mine, just telling them, oh, we went to the ER last night, you know, kind of just chatting. And I started describing the arm motions that my daughter had been doing. And one of my friends sends me a video of another baby who was doing these exact same arm motions that Gracie had been doing. And the baby in this video, um, the title said a child with infantile spasms. I didn't know what infantile spasms was, but my daughter was doing this exact thing. So I got on Google and a five minute Google search told me enough to know that infantile spasms is a rare form of epilepsy found in young children. It's dangerous and it needs immediate treatment. And the only way to, the only way to diagnose it is with an EEG. So I immediately get on the phone with her pediatrician. Wow. Let me just interrupt there. It's just frustrating to me just how much doctors don't know or fail to take into consideration the serious of many problems. I've had so many people have serious problems with their kids and the doctors just, Mm -hmm. you know, swipe it away as if, oh, it's just nothing. Oh, it's just nothing. And they don't do the necessary (laughs) workup to, and it's, I've been frustrated in my own life with that, but also in my Mm -hmm. daughter's life and, you know, things like that. So it's, I don't know, it's just frustrating. So that must've been frustrating for you too. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I got on the phone with her pediatrician and I said, I think my daughter's having infantile spasms. She needs an EEG today. And they said, well, you've got a referral to this other hospital. Why don't you just uh, go there? And I said, I told them that I didn't want to, I didn't want to go there because they've been giving me the runaround for the last month. We're not going to that hospital. Y'all need to see her today. I think in that moment, the buildup of the frustration from the emergency room last night and now knowing that I think there's something extremely wrong, I kind of just on a dime had to turn into a mama bear. And uh <laughs> I kinda and, and I kinda went mama bear on this on this lady on this phone. And I wasn't belligerent, I wasn't cursing her out or anything, but I was just very, very firm. My daughter needs an EEG today. And um she put me on hold. And, uh, she, so she went back and, uh, she came back a few minutes later and said, okay, well, we can get you in to see her in our neurology department, but the earliest we can see them is in a month. And I said, I said, no, darling, that's not good enough. I hear what you're saying and I understand what you're saying, but I need you to hear and understand me. My daughter needs an EEG today. And they put me on hold again. (laughs) And then they finally came back and they said, okay, we can get her in for an emergency EEG tomorrow. Is that okay? And I said, yes, that's okay. We will, we will wait until tomorrow. And that gave me about 24 hours to look up, really look up what infantile spasms was. And for those who don't know infantile spasms, it's, it's a form of epilepsy where your child is basically having hundreds of seizures a day in clusters that wow. are happening seconds apart. And it's very, it's rare, but it's very, very dangerous. And it needs to be treated immediately because seizures, they're, they're damaging to your child's brain. That must so, have scared um, you to death when you started oh, realizing. Oh my gosh, I was, I was terrified. And I'm just praying the entire time, just God, let me be wrong. Let, let this not be what it is. 
And I'm praying to that we go into this EEG and that I I would happily wear the overreactive parent hat. Like I <laughs> I would be fine with that if it means that she's healthy. <laughs> like well, I let will, me also I say that um that uh thank God for the internet today. Like seriously, so many things that my wife and I have found are through the internet. Like my like our first baby is a dragon baby. We call her. You know, like they call them spirited children nowadays. But when, you, <laughs> when there's something wrong with your child and no doctor can diagnose what's wrong with your child, you go online and you say, what is wrong with my baby? You know, and then we found this dragon form where these people for the first time were the first people to understand dragon meaning her fiery temperament. And um, and we found all this help for us and we were able to diagnose her and help her and have other people understand her and that sort of thing and help her. But the internet yeah. is just an amazing thing when doctors don't seem to be able to have a competence of a clue uh, you can find other people who can help us and i think i'm thankful <laughs> for that i am i am too i'm thankful i think i think doctors especially like you know the family practice ones the pediatricians who get a ton of of uh patients a day most of whom are healthy i think they just get into a routine and they and they get used to seeing these symptoms that um, that can be explained away by this, by little things or by right. insignificant things. And they kind of just as, assume that that's what it is. Cause that's what it is most of the time to be fair. But this, yeah. the arm motion things, there was nothing usual about that. I, there's no excuses for that one. But, um, so they took us, we went into the EEG and, um, it's, it, it I don't know if you've ever, if you if you've ever experienced an EEG, but they have to put all these wires on your head, and Gracie was having none of it. She was just not happy about this. This little five month old girl, uh, <laughs> just not happy about it. And then finally, I do get her to cooperate enough to the point where she's falling asleep. So my job is to hold her as still as I can so that she falls asleep while they turn on the EEG machine. So I'm like laying on this hospital bed trying to hold her still, and they turn on the machine. And within 90 seconds, the EEG technician, the neurologist was not there. It was just a technician in the room. She gets on her phone and she starts texting like crazy. And I ask her, is, is everything okay? And she kind of looks at me and she puts her phone, she puts her phone down. I don't know if you can hear her. She's kind of screaming in the background. <laughs> um, she, she looks at the, 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 EEG technician looks at me and she says, I am not supposed to tell you this because I am not the neurologist and I am not qualified to make a diagnosis. But I know that if that was my baby girl laying right there, I would want to know your, your child has infantile spasms. And so in that moment, just like, you know, pile of rocks just falls on top of me and I have to stay completely still uh, so that I don't wake up my little girl. So she, so, but I just start crying right there on the bed. And, um, they admit us back to the ER and we end up staying there for three days and two nights. And the neurologist orders like a hundred tests to be done. Oh, and finally. yeah, finally. <laughs> and, um, among those tests is an MRI of her brain. And it's when they do the MRI that they come back and they tell us, um, we don't think it's just infantile spasms that your daughter has. We think your your daughter's MRI of her brain does not look typical. We think she has a different condition, another condition called tuberous sclerosis complex. And again, I had never heard of that. Didn't know what that was. And so I got on Google and looked it up. And it turns out that Tuberous sclerosis complex is a genetic disorder. It's a very rare genetic disorder that is basically there's a mutation on her DNA on the gene that is responsible for regulating cellular growth. And so that gene is malfunctioning. And as a, res as a result, we, uh, her body just ends up having all these random pop-ups of random growths of cells that take the form of benign non-cancerous non tubers wow. all over her body. They can show up anywhere. They can show up in her brain, on her vital wow. organs, on her skin, everywhere. Wow. And the tubers, the tubers themselves 
are non-cancerous, so they're not dangerous, but depending on where they decide to show up and how many there are and how big they decide to grow, they can cause very significant um, health issues. And my daughter specifically has at least 10 of these tubers in her brain, which is probably what caused the infantile spasms. So they kind of went hand in hand and finding all of that out (laughs) Uh, just in while we were in the hospital, it was it was probably the most terrifying uh, time of of my life as a mom um, to to find out all of this, especially because it was a shock. I had no idea that it was coming. I had no um, preparation for this. It was just a, a, a full surprise for me um to to find out about all of this and and just and it's just terrifying it's terrifying to find out that your baby is sick it's terrifying to find out that your baby is going to be dealing with with uh, health issues and conditions and and all of a sudden all of these hopes and dreams that you have for your child that you may not have even necessarily consciously known that you had they're gone and for for us all these basic things that most parents are able to presume, assume and presume that their child is going to do things like sitting up, things like walking, talking, being able to feed themselves. We couldn't take any of that for granted anymore. None of that was, was guaranteed because there are people who have this, who can't do those things who have, who have TSC, who can't do this. So it was our entire future became uh, unknown. In a way that, uh, we had, I had never experienced before. And it was, it was, it was really scary. <laughs> it was really, really scary. And I think a lot of parents who find themselves in this situation rightfully are, are terrified. Um, and I you know, am wife, very, um, always says, you know, like when we were thinking she might have Down syndrome or worse, you know, like Down mm. syndrome at the best, <laughs> you know, it's like, my wife's like freaking out. My wife's scared. My wife's crying all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. she, cause she was like, her biggest dream was to have her and her sister were best friends. So she wanted, you know, our oh. oldest daughter and her, the one we just had to be best friends. And now she's like, and that's out the window and it's never going to be like my sister and I, and she's like crying and, you know, she's having all of these, oh. you know, attacks where she's like, I just want the best for my daughter. Cause you're just for the mommy's heart. You just want Mm -hmm. your daughter to be as happy, healthy, and perfect as possible, you know, for their sake. And when that can't be, it's like your heart just like goes out to them. And it's like, I know my wife struggled with that for a while too. And I, I definitely relate to that. Yeah. No, I think the best, the best way that I can describe it is a a very real grieving process. Um, Maybe not necessarily grieving a death, but grieving a life not lived and, and not just her life, but all of our lives. I mean, um, my, my daughter's life and by extension, my life, my husband's life, my son's life, because I, I absolutely understand what your wife is saying, uh, or, or how she's feeling. Cause I had this, these hopes of, of my two kids who were born so close together of them growing up and being playmates with each other. And, you know, my, my, my son getting to be the protective big brother and, you know, just, and, and all of that it becomes unknown and becomes much less realistic. And I know I can speak for myself in that I definitely went through, you know, all the stages of, of grief. There was, you know, the, the, the denial, the, the anger, the um, bargaining, you know, all those went through all of that. And I think I was honestly kind of uh, depressed for a good few months because wow. I just like, I was just, my, my heart just hurt for my baby so much. Hmm. And Still does, um, often. Still does very, very often. But I'm very, very blessed to have a strong faith life. And um, I'm also very blessed to just live in a house that is geographically two blocks away from our our church. So then and it has an adoration chapel. And so I was going to mass every day. I was visiting the chapel as often as I could, you know, as often as you can with a newborn or an infant and two toddlers under two. I had two under two at the time. And uh, just 
I, I was, I leaned into my faith and I was, um, thank goodness that I had my faith. I think someone, I think for a person to have to go through this, who has no faith left to fall back on, I think that'd be, it's dark regardless, but it yeah. would fall into a very, very dark place. For sure. Um, without that was falling into that place. And, uh, she's like, I need to start saying the rosary every day. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, so we started saying the rosary every day. And she ha had some great meditations on the mysteries of the rosary, especially the joyful yeah. mysteries. When, you know, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. And all of a sudden it changed her life. She had this unexpected yeah. type of pregnancy <laughs> that she wasn't wanting or expecting. It was going to change her life. It was different than what she thought and envisioned mm -hmm. her life to be. And so my wife was, you know, kind of comparing that to her own life. And, <laughs> you know, Gabriel and uh, Mary kind of just, you know, reflecting on it all. So we finally had our daughter on Christmas, uh, in the Christmas octave. So we named her Gabriella for Gabriel and Maria. Oh, Mary, uh, because I, my like wife's that. Like, I needed so much faith and so much hope during this time. And just mm -hmm. reflecting on how, you know, even her son died, she wasn't the, her whole life of what she thought was going to happen just was not what she thought. So, you know, yeah. Mary, answered yes the whole way perfectly she's like i need to do mm -hmm. a better job of that and so she actually had a you know the rosary helped her a lot and meditating on the mysteries helped her a lot and now yes. these names just to remind us to have faith in all through it all <laughs> no i i absolutely get that do you know the christmas song mary did you know yeah yeah that's one of my favorite christmas songs and actually um that is actually something that i have been reflecting on you know, for the last few months, I think since Christmas music started playing and I started hearing it again, I got the idea in my head, but I started really reflecting on what did, Ma what did Mary really know that she was saying yes to? Because I had gone through this, um, you know, it, I was at a point in my prayer life where I was just like, okay, God, I can, I can, because I understand redemptive suffering. I understand that that there is that there is grace to be had here but here's the thing my daughter is an infant my daughter is a baby and she's innocent and she is going through this so like i can say yes to to take on whatever you're putting in front of me for myself but don't ask me don't ask me to say yes for my daughter don't ask me to say yes for my child to suffer and that led me through this journey through the Bible of, okay, who in the Bible had to say yes for their child to suffer? And my first thought was Abraham, who had to say yes to, to sacrificing Isaac. Mm. And, but, so he had to have that faith to say yes to allow their child to suffer. But in the end, you know, God spared Isaac and he didn't actually have to go through with it. Okay. And so I was like, okay, well, who in the Bible did actually have to give up their child to suffer? And my thoughts immediately go to Mary. And it's Mary who had to say yes to allow their child to suffer. Mm -hmm. And just, and that has led me on this, on this journey recent, most recently of just, you know, Mary, did, did you understand that you were saying yes, not just for you to be this mother in this crazy circumstance of having a baby, not just for your, um, engagement for, with Joseph to potentially be thrown into jeopardy, not just for your immediate circumstances. Did you understand that you were going to have the son of God who would have to die? Mm -hmm. Like, did you understand at that time as a 13, 14, 15 year old girl, did you understand all of what you were saying yes to? <laughs> no, I doubt that. No. <laughs> and I, I doubt she did either. Which but is amazing you're right. because even when you said, oh, a sword's going to pierce your heart. Still, I have no idea what that means. And it doesn't sound pretty, but yes. <laughs> like, it's, yes, her faith is amazing. She is just, she is a rock. I mean, like she's the perfect example of of faith, of saying yes, walking by faith, not by sight, and trusting in the midst of trial and and in the midst of uncertainty. And I'm sure I have no doubt that God uh, showered her in an immense amount of grace. But at the same time, she was she she's human and and she felt everything that a mother would feel, That's which I can attest is a huge amount. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and Colleen, so, I want to get back to your story. 
Um, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Know, we and, totally got sidetracked. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all good points. It's great points, and I love them. And I think it's important for us to talk about the grief and how important it is to grieve and how it's okay to grieve. It's okay to to, to mourn okay. the loss in a sense of what mm-hmm. you thought the life was going to be, because that eventually blooms into beauty, which. We're going to get mm-hmm. into this, I think, later. I hope, you know, at some point. <laughs> I know it has, if even sure. if it's not in your life yet, it has in our life. Uh-huh. And my wife mm-hmm. actually cries now that she <laughs> cried for so long before the life. She's like, if I knew uh, how beautiful my daughter was going to be, if I knew how beautiful this life is going to be, I can't believe that I mourned. That, like, God just gave us the perfect gift of what we needed for our family, even though it's not what we wanted. <laughs> It's what we need, yeah. apparently, and God gave it to us. And she's going to change the world in some way. And we're just looking forward to seeing what God's going to do in our life and just keeping an open uh, eye on that. And uh, before mm-hmm. we continue on this, I just want to share the screen here and uh, sure. just let everybody know about your book. Uh, it's called God's oh, yeah. Gift. And you wrote it um, about having a special I, needs child and just helping yes, parents who this, have one. This book actually was a huge... Um, source of healing for me this i i like this book i wrote it um a few months after my daughter was diagnosed with tuberous sclerosis and i was still very much in the midst of uh my grieving process with my daughter or for for my for my daughter's disease and this book yeah it's called god's precious gift a special needs child i literally woke up in the middle of the night one night and had the idea for this book. And here's, here's the thing is that I was, ha- I had been having a lot of very honest conversations with God of just what I, I don't know if I have what my daughter needs. I don't know what my daughter needs and I don't know how to care for her. And also I just don't want this for her. Like I know <laughs> I'm supposed to be docile to the will of the Holy Spirit here, but uh, to, to the will of God and dose out of the Holy Spirit, but I just don't want this for her. I want her to be healthy. And, uh, and, and that was the, those, that was the, the conversation I had been having with God. And so I, in the middle of the night, I got the idea for this book and I had to, I got up and I started typing for hours and I went to bed right as the sun was coming up. And, um, the, the next day I came back and I read it and it was like someone else had written it. I, and I know this did not come from me because I wasn't thinking these things, um, before <laughs> I wasn't thinking this stuff ahead of time. But the book is basically an answer to my own prayers. Uh, like I feel like it's God's answer to, to the prayer, to the questions and the prayers that I was praying. Um, and it's the story of a mom and a dad who find out that their daughter is going to be, I use broad language in the book, it's going to be a very special child who has needs that most other kids don't have. And the parents in the book are very worried when they hear this and they, and they pray that, you know, God, please protect our precious gift and please fix our baby. And in the book, Jesus comes and has a conversation with the parents and he, and he starts off by saying, fix your baby but she's already exactly the way I chose to make her. Mm. And, and there's a, there's a dialogue, there's a back and forth. And I'm going to, I'm actually, I wasn't planning on doing this, but do you mind? I'm actually going to read this page from my book uh, where Jesus is talking to the parents and he, and it's, uh, it says, and he, Jesus whispered further. You see this child I gave to you. is already so loved by me. I love her even more than you do. And that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And because I allowed her body to be so very special, I made sure her heart and her soul were special too. She will love me more easily than most do. And her path to heaven will be easier than the one most, most others will take. And that's one of the pages. And it's, it's my favorite page in the book. Um, That's beautiful, Colleen. It's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. And, like I'm um, just I'm actually gonna buy it for uh my wife and I. We're gonna buy a copy oh. of it too and we can't wait to read it. Um, thank you. Uh like, sh- go ahead. No, like it's just like these the, the, the words in this book were the answers to my own prayer. And there's and you know, in the in the book it's it's a very 
it's very simple, relatable language so that kids can actually can can really enjoy it and read it. But I think it's just as much for the parents as it is for the kids. Awesome. And in and in the book, the kid, the parents are like there's there's um, uncertainty of again can't do do they have what are they equipped enough to be able to take care of their child and all the needs that she's going to have and you know jesus goes on and explains to them hey i have always known that this that this baby was going to be yours and i have been preparing you to be her parents for your entire life whether you knew even though you didn't know it and that's beautiful uh I've known she was going to be yours and I gave her to you for a reason and I'm with you and I've given you the graces you need for the job already. So there's, there's a lot of consoling, a lot of comforting and a lot of coming, changing of perspective for these parents. How long is the book? uh, It's about 33 pages. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a children's book. Had someone else write a more serious book. Um, I'm just going to advertise it real quick. Um, sure. And this uh, it's called One Soul Awaken to His Love. And uh, oh. this um, this woman wrote it too after um, took her four years. It's about 130 pages. And it's just all about um, having a child with very complicated disabilities and how to get through it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. No. And there's a lot of people out there <laughs> struggling with this. So I pray that this video... Mm-hmm. And our podcast helps reach people um, oh, I do who are too. struggling. And I hope this can help them in some way, even if, you know, they can just say, oh, well, I finally have someone who can relate to me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we're kind of coming to the end of our show, but can you give the people like what what was the final diagnosis of what happened um, to your little girl? They they diagnosed her with all of these scary things. And you said you're, it was like, oh, you, gosh. you mourned it for it's... months. What was I did. Okay. So she had so many things going on. Okay. So, um, she had a laundry list of diagnoses. She had two holes in her heart. She had at least 10 tubers in her brain. She had two tubers in her eye. She had, um, uh, Ash, these were not, um, you know, serious, but Ashley, uh, Ashley patches on her skin, basically patches of white skin on on her body all over and um in the time since then and and the thing with tuberous sclerosis is it's ongoing so these these tubers can show up anywhere at any time almost anywhere the ones in her brain and the ones in her heart are pretty much the ones she's going to be when the ones she's born with are the ones she's going to have for the rest of her life so i'm not too worried about new ones showing up there but they can show up almost anywhere else so it's not um, at any time uh, no, it's not curable. It's a genetic disorder. There's treatment for it. And just re- like literally just this past Friday, we took her to see specialists about this in te- in Houston it, at a hospital called Texas Children's Hospital. They have a wonderful clinic there. And um, they actually diagnosed her with autism as well. Oh. And uh, so on top and of on everything t- else, <laughs> on top of that. And on top of that, this was another shocker for us. We did not know this was coming at all. Um, they suspect her now of having a second genetic disorder called polycystic kidney disease. Oh and I, I'm new to, I'm, I haven't had a whole ton of time to read up on that one. It's, it's new to me, but from what I understand is it's a gen, the, the, the genes. For tuberous, the TSC gene and the gene for polycystic kidney disease, they're right next to each other. So the mutation probably just crossed over into uh, and covered two genes in her DNA. And they, um, it's, it causes fluid filled sacs to grow all over her kidneys. And it can lead to all kinds of stuff, high blood pressure, um, kidney failure. And, uh, and I asked about treatment. And they said that there isn't really a treatment for it. The most they can do is when they, when they get to be enough cysts on her kidneys to make them to, to obstruct her kidney function, they'll go in and surgically try to remove as many as they can and, uh, kind of just rinse and repeat if they come back. Wow. So, um, that's, so, that's something. <laughs> so, wow. So, wow. <laughs> 
So you don't even know the full extent of all this. This just keeps I don't, up I'm, and you're still looking up. I'm the very rock new pile. to that. <laughs> yeah. It keeps on it's there it keeps on piling on. Yeah. And Colleen, again, I'm, I'm so I'm, sorry. My heart goes out to you. That's so <laughs> hard for a mom. It's so hard for anyone, but for a mom, that's yeah. Oh, that's I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, God is good. And there has been a lot of healing over the last year. We found out about this all about a year ago. And Gracie, to now to to God's credit, I mean, kind of, I I agree with what you were saying just a little bit earlier in the show that there is so much that I was grieving ahead of time or earlier in things that I felt like were being taken from my daughter. But there is so much that she, that God has given her. And there are so many little miracles that happen all the time with her. And she's beautiful. She's blossomed. She is the happiest little girl you've ever met. She is, <laughs> she is, she's, she's growing at her own pace. She is, um, she's still learning how to talk. She's still uh, not, she's refusing to eat solid foods. She, so she's a hundred percent bottle fed still at 21 months. Um, and we're dealing with, you know, she has vision issues and stuff. She does have vision issues. She's got to wear glasses, but she hates wearing glasses. So it's like, you know, there's, there's stuff in there, <laughs> but, and she doesn't know that it's not normal to have to go to all these doctor's appointments. Right. She doesn't know that she's different. She just, she's loved. She knows that she's loved and, and she teaches she us loves. and my daughter teaches us and kids like this teach us lessons that we would not normally huh. know or learn in life. And, you know, there are lessons she we need brings, to learn and know. Yes. She brings so much beauty to every situation that she is in. And she could be screaming bloody murder, just really throwing a tantrum. And she is still bringing just love and beauty into, <laughs> into the room. She's just, she's a bundle of joy. She is, uh, she's such a, she's a gift. She's a precious gift from God. And, I'm so thankful for her and I'm so thankful. And there's so many beautiful things that have come of her having this medical condition that has just been wonderful. I mean, I would never have written a book without her. And through this book, I have come into contact with so many other families with children with various uh, situations, rare diseases, neurodiversities, all kinds of things. And it's kind of been just like its own grassroots movement of I've kind of developed this mentorship for other families with, with special needs and kid, children who world in some way you're helping yeah, people who are struggling. Yeah. And, and if anyone ever, if anyone finds themselves in this situation, they can go to my website and, and I'll kind of just hold their hand. Like this isn't, this isn't a paid service or anything. I'm not trying to, to, to make money off of this, but it's just like, we need community. Parents need community. And That's right. if, if they need to, um, if, if you find yourself in this situation, it's the, it's horrible to be alone in it. We're not meant to carry this alone. So I just like, you know, I try to be with them, pray with them and, and try to help them in any way that I can. And we'll link your book below and we'll link um, mm -hmm. the website below and all that information below so people can get in contact with you. Um, but Thanks. could you just finish up maybe by sharing a few things that you've learned over the last year, um, how you got through this, how you, how joy has been brought into your life and how, how mm -hmm. you, how, maybe some just things that you can give people to help them cope or deal or arrive where mm -hmm. you are. I would, I would say, Oh my goodness. Yes. Let me, I know it's a lot of, uh, <laughs> it's a lot to process. Like you weren't expecting it, that question. Yeah, no, but it's a good question. It's a fantastic question. I would say for any, any families who have found themselves in this situation, in a situation similar to mine, um, or even just in their own, I would say you have a right to every single emotion that comes your way except for guilt you have good. like it is it is good to feel exactly how you're feeling and that is okay that you're feeling that way but the one thing you have no right to is guilt you have a child and you have gotten your child seen about and getting them care and you've done the best thing that you possibly can you have you're doing the best job you possibly can 
no one can expect more of you and you shouldn't and allow yourself grace allow yourself a lot of grace and mercy because you are literally taking on one of the hardest jobs in the world mm-hmm. uh and it's the most you're going to find that it's also one of the most rewarding but give yourself time to get there because it is a journey and let yourself go on that journey and if you don't let yourself go on the journey it's just going to drag it out and it may even stunt your parenting abilities and your child needs you at your best so let yourself go through the journey and you're not alone you're not alone and i would say that there's so much joy that does come because all of a sudden every tiny tiny little thing becomes a huge every tiny little success that your child has becomes a huge victory and you won't believe how many celebrations you are in store uh, are in store for you how many tiny little celebrations that bring such joy over the tiniest little things but your entire perspective has is about to change and there's going to be so much joy in store for you yeah amen <laughs> amen to that and i just i have to do this but um i'm going to share my little joy right here this is Maria, and um, <laughs> she is such a little cutie. In fact, she was born with this head She's of adorable. hair. Adorable! All the doctors from all the <laughs> floors used to come see her, even though they were, weren't even in pediatrics. All the nurses on the pediatric—I'm sorry—in the NICU, all the all the nurses were like, "You have to go see the baby in room 1030 uh 10 30 a just go see that baby she came out and she's already wearing a bow in her hair and she's just the cutest thing so every oh. nurse came in and had like was so excited to see her i mean literally three weeks of complete joy she brought to that hospital which they wouldn't have had <laughs> if she wasn't born all the other babies are bald and they could just ooh and all ah of this little porcelain doll that looked like and in fact one the day we were leaving one of the nurses heard about it and she was going on vacation. She's like, I'm never going to see this little baby again. She's the gold standard for all babies in this hospital. And she's like, she <laughs> held her for 10 minutes in her arms Aww. before she went on vacation because she wasn't going to see her again. She just wanted to hold her. She wasn't even working her floor and she just wanted to see Aww. her. So it, was, it was just so beautiful to see how much joy she's brought into people's lives already and joy that wouldn't I mean, be there otherwise. And in, and joy into people that you never would have encountered otherwise. You would have never found yourself in the NICU and, and seen NICU nurses if not for your little girl. And they wouldn't have never, they would have never been, uh, brought that joy if not for her. And it's, it's just amazing how God works and how God spreads every, just so many beautiful things. He just spreads them everywhere. It's through your daughter, through my mm-hmm. daughter. It's just the amount of doctors and geneticists that were telling us to terminate our pregnancy because she was a little different or might have it, might have it. So many people are aborted with perfectly healthy pregnancies, but they're told them they might have Down syndrome or probably do. And then they don't. And, you know, I just got so sick of it. They talk about it as mm -hmm. if it's like just another option among others. And I told that even the doctor today, she was mentioning it over and over again. You know, well, some people like to go down that route and some people like to just have the baby and go down that route. I'm like, no, there is no other route. You know, she's like, yeah. You know, like, you know, that's why I yeah, I, doctor at Yale, I said, why would I murder my own child? When he said, we heard you didn't want to terminate your pregnancy. I'm like, why would I murder <laughs> my own daughter? That doesn't even make sense. I told him he was like, oh, I told him gosh. He, got, he was like this. He was like, got visibly like uncomfortable. He, yeah. I hope meeting, he got he like, uncomfortable. He retired immediately. <laughs> he came back to see him in two weeks and they said he retired and he, he didn't come back. And I'm going to tell that whole full story in another video, but like, I hope he's sitting in retirement thinking about the fact that he, th- this isn't the last thing they recommend people. This is the first thing <laughs> they recommend people. And they're, oh, they're missing out on beautiful little lives like this. I mean, my daughter is, she's not a disease. She's not something you get no, rid of. She's I'm just gorgeous. Thinking about it. But oh. like, <laughs> she's like, they make them seem like they're so disposable. Like she's just the I most know. beautiful, loving. I mean, just even now she like she's smiles and she brings like so much joy to us and people think they're disposable. They're not. They're just a life like no. anyone else. Yeah. They're, they're different, but you know what? Everyone's different. People have are normal who have drug addictions. People who are normal, have anxiety issues. People who are 
normal have intimacy issues and can't even have, have or hold relationships or yeah. jobs. I mean, we all struggle with things in life. We're all different in some way. And we all just have to see life as life and love life as it is. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on this. Tangent, no, I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I'm I'm just very, very grateful that we didn't find out about my daughter's condition while I was pregnant because I'm so glad that I didn't even have to go through that. I, I'm so glad I'm, I didn't have to have anyone ask me if I wanted to terminate my, my daughter's pregnant, my pregnancy my with my daughter. That's, <laughs> I can't even imagine going through that. I would have switched doctors. I would have yelled. I would have, I would have <laughs> not reacted very graciously. Let's just say that that would have, I, that, Mama that just kind of just hearing you talk about it makes me angry. Yes. Mama bear. <laughs> well, call that me. would have. Yeah, I know. I could, so I could talk all day about this. You have such a great story <laughs> and I know there's so much more. I'm going to recommend people to go to your book and to go to your yes, website please. for more help um, and for support and anything they need. But, you know, is there, you know, one minute, any, any final thoughts that you have uh, here? Oh, one minute is. <laughs> oh, just I'm I'm praying that this I'm praying that this podcast reaches the person who needs to hear it. I'm praying that people understand and come to realize that every child, no matter their their needs, their their medical uh, abnormalities, no matter what, they are each a gift, and God has a plan for them, and God loves them. They are so incredibly loved and God literally willed them into existence and gave them to you specifically. And it, and he gave them to you as a gift. Please, please do not throw that gift away and do not, do not see it as anything other than the avenue of grace that it is, that they are. Uh, that is, that is what I, that is my last two cents. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story today. And thank you so much for just your honesty and transparency and just for the support that you offer other parents. Oh, thank you. Thank they have been a support to me. I'm kind of just trying to pay it forward at this point. But <laughs> it is it is something it is something that all parents all parents need is is community. Because I know that we didn't have any immediate community any community in our immediate uh circle of friends who had a situation anything like ours. And having someone who you can talk to who just gets it that you don't have to explain anything to that makes a world of difference. That makes that makes uh, night and day. So if if, we, if I can be that person, if anyone that I know can be that person for you, I would. Uh, I'm I'm hope I'm grateful for the privilege to be that person if that happens. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in today, whether you're watching on video or watching on our podcast. Thank you for tuning into Catholic Truth Family. We really want to have as many videos as possible coming out over the next year. Everything you ever wanted to know about dating, engagement, marriage, <laughs> family, and just difficulties in life and how to navigate that through life. And um, mm -hmm. that's what we're here for. So thank you for tuning in. Please do a favor. And if you know anyone who's struggling with this, share this video with them. Share this podcast with them. You know, tell them there's hope. Tell them there's people who understand. There's people who get it. And uh, let them know that they're... <laughs>